This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. Welcome. In this week's podcast, we'll offer a reflection on the story of the rich fool as recorded in the 12th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke and see how this parable of Jesus uh, synchronizes with the famous Muslim saying, die before you die, so that when you die, you won't die. Die before you die, so that when you die, you won't die. (laughs) Die before you die, so that when you die, you won't die. I I love it. And I think that goes very much, uh, it's in sync with the parable that Jesus offers for us this morning that Sherry read to us. So as at least I understand, and I don't know that I'm right, but the way I understand die before you die so that when you die, you won't die, means die to the fear of not having enough, of not being enough. Die to those fears that are life-limiting. Now, while you can, so that when the time comes when your body actually gives out, it won't be a catastrophe that you won't have a lot of regrets and that you will know you lived as richly and deeply as you could. That's at least how I take the very wise Muslim saying that I just referenced for you. And I think it's very much in line with the parable that Jesus tells for us. As Sherry read the story to us from Luke chapter 12, A man comes up to Jesus and says, my brother's ripping me off. Be my mediator. Tell him to be nice. I want more. I don't have enough. He's being selfish. And Jesus says, watch out. So they greed. And in the Greek, the word greed there could be translated as covetous or much having. Jesus says, watch out because much having is a poison. And and the illusion is that there's really never enough. I mean, my God, if, if Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Warren Buffett don't have enough, then what is enough? I mean, there's never enough. Enough is an illusion. We think enough will make us feel secure and relaxed. And it's an illusion. Because honestly, all the stuff that you and I have are zeros and ones on a computer screen and could dissolve in an instant. It's an illusion. So don't trust in that. Now, I've referenced for you a a theologian I follow in helping me understand and wrestle with these parables of Jesus is Robert Farrar Capon. And he writes... Our world runs on avarice. Wealthy, poor, or in between, we are, all of us, in Jesus' eyes, nothing but reconstructed rich people. We clutch our lives rather than open our hands to our deaths. And as long as we do that, the real life that comes only by the resurrection remains permanently out of reach. So what am I getting? So so here's the deal. Uh, A couple of years ago, I was reading a book by a guy named John Donne, not the John Donne of the Middle Ages, but John Donne who taught at Notre Dame. And 
uh, it's a wonderful book called The Way of All the Earth, I believe. And in it, he's got this idea that he presents. He says, what if, and I've referenced this to you before, what if death is not an interruption of life, but it's our destination. It's where we're going. So to reframe thinking about dying, is it, oh no, oh no. I was with a 105-year-old lady once as a hospice chaplain. I walked in the room and she goes, why is this happening to me? What did I do? And I looked at her and said, what'd you think was gonna happen? <laughs> You're 105. But it's our destination, it's where we're going. And, and, and what John Dunn's quote did for me, it put a lot of ideas, it just sort of like clicked them in like in a safe when you get the combination and it opens up, it just like tumblers all clicked. And yes, 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 it's our death. We're all going there. So a wise person, as opposed to the rich fool, a wise person will plan for the destination. We know that's where we're going. There's no question. So what should we do to plan for that destination? I think that's what this parable uh, smacks us in the face with. How should we plan for what we know for sure is going to happen? And I can tell you, uh, having been a hospice chaplain for 17 years, I was with more than 3,000 people that died, so I'm somewhat of an expert. I've written a couple of books for crying out loud, and I have a doctorate, so on this topic, I am somewhat of a source authority here. You can trust me. Out of all the people I've been with, here's what they taught me. At the very, very, very end, when you're at the end, there's only one thing that matters. Only one. And that's the people that you love and the people that love you. There is nothing else that matters. And 3,000 dying people. I never once had someone say to me, gosh, I wish I'd have gone to more football games. Or I wish I'd have spent more time online. <laughs> or I wish I'd have done more cruises. I've never once had anybody say that. At the very, very, very end, all that matters is the people that we love and the people that love us. That's what they taught me. And so what that says to me is invest now while I have time and energy and the mental ability to do so, to invest in what I know I'm going to want and need when I get to my destination. Invest in the relationships, those people that I love and those people that love me, because there's going to come a time when I'm going to need that. And I want to invest now while I can, which I think is the heart of Jesus's message to us in this startling parable and in other places. In Matthew chapter six, for example, one of Jesus's most famous quotes, and it's always taken out of context to use by fundraisers, but Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust corrode and thieves break in and steal, but rather store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth 
nor rust corrodes, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what Jesus is saying in that text is saying, look, you can, you can work for your IRAs and your CDs and your cruises and all that stuff, and you can work for all that, but you're going to lose it one way or another. You're either going to lose it slowly or quickly, one way or another. Either moths and rust are going to corrode it slowly, or someone's just going to break in and steal it. You're going to get hacked, and somebody's going to take it all. So one way or another, you're going to lose it, slow or fast. So don't do that. Invest in those things that will last, that nobody can take away. And Jesus says, because where your treasure is, your heart will follow. So what we value with our mind, with our choices, our heart follows that. I, I remember one of the visits I made as a hospice chaplain was uh, to a lady that was uh, in her own home still, but she had a hospital bed in the living room and she had oxygen and the cannula was hooked up to her nose and the uh, respirator was going the swoosh, swoosh, swoosh in the background. And she was really upset when I came to see her. She was torqued off because she loved to go shopping and to have meals with her friends and to go spend money. And she couldn't do any of that anymore. She was stuck in the room because of the oxygen and her uh, just disability of the disease process. And she was just meaner than a hornet and not liking this one bit. But she was looking forward to the fact that her daughter was supposed to come the following weekend and they were going to get to go do some things anyway. And, and so she was really looking forward to that, but she was just not in a good space. Well, while I was visiting her, the phone rang and because she was a little hard of hearing, she put it on speaker so I could hear everything. And her daughter called and her daughter said, Mom, Mom, you're not going to believe it. I got a job. I've been looking for three years and I finally got a job and it's with a hospital and they're going to pay me like $30 an hour to start. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. Now the bad news is I can't come this weekend to see you like we planned because I have to do orientation, but I'll be there in a week. And her mother looked in the phone and said, I hope I'm alive when you get here. And it was like I wanted to rip the damn phone out of the lady's hand and scream to that daughter, I'm so proud of you. You're fabulous. In fact, $30 isn't enough. That's too cheap. But I'm so glad you got a job and you get here when you can because I'm so proud of you and I love you. I wanted to do that. But I couldn't do that. My heart was broken as I watched this lady. And she told me she had family and nobody wanted to come see her. And I knew why. I wouldn't. All you're going to come is get a guilt trip. Who wants that? So I learned from that dear lady. When I got to my car, I said, oh God, when I get to my end, I don't want to be like that. Teach me now. And see, for this dear lady, for whatever reasons, she didn't have an ability to make space for people in her life to give love. 
And, and as I've come to learn, what limits our living is fear. I call it the fear of not enough. Not going to be enough money, not going to be enough food, not going to be enough clean air, not going to be enough water, not, not enough, not enough. And that fear makes us close in and be selfish and mean and greedy. And over the years, I've developed a mantra I, I try to live by. I don't want to be a participant in the fear of not enough. I want to be a conduit of God's grace. I choose not to be a participant in the fear of not enough. I want to be a conduit of God's grace. And so when Jesus talks about storing up treasures in heaven, here's the way I read it and what I take it to mean and the self-test I do. Am I creating, and, and, and people often use that text I just referenced for you as a fundraising text, as a let's get some money. But for me, it's much broader and deeper than that. Am I making space in my own heart for other people in my world when they mess up and they say something stupid or they fail or they do something mean? Am I making space where they can feel safe and accepted and loved anyway and that they could find some measure of healing in our relationship? that I'm offering a safe place to give them arms to hold where they hurt. That's what I take this to mean, that I'm not so limited by my own fears of not enough, that I'm opening my own heart to create space for the people in my world, realizing I'm investing Number one, it's a, it's a good thing to do. But number two, I'm investing in the long term so that when I'm at the end, the end, the end of my end, sitting on a hospital bed with a cannula in my nose and an oxygen tube feeding it, that there will be people that want to be there because I have made space for them in my heart. Because that's my destination. I know that. I've been there, seen it. So I want to make sure I'm planning for my destination. Because that's where we're going. And so what I take from this parable is invest now while I can. You know the text, I love the way it says in the text. This is so cool. It says the ground of a certain rich man yield an abundant harvest. The rich man didn't do anything to get it. He was given, the ground gave it to him. The harvest came to him. And what was he going to do with it? Instead of hoarding it, give it away, share it, share it, share it. I, as a hospice chaplain, one of the prayers I prayed with nearly everybody, all those 3,000 folks, whenever they asked me to pray, I would always pray, it's from the Bible. It's in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, 5. I've said, it, I've said it to you guys a million times. For God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. But the honest truth is, I've only given them half the verse. That's Hebrews 13, 5, verse B. Verse A, or the part A of Hebrews 13, 5, 
says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Then part B, for God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. But Jesus is teaching us this, this fear of not enough, this greed, that it, it's poison and it limits our living and like the rich fool, if we give into it, when we get to the end, we will have nothing. There is a, a wonderful quote I love by a man named Jim Elliot, who uh, took the good news of Jesus to South America. He was a missionary. And this is a famous, famous quote that he has given us that I love. He says, he or she is no fool, like referenced in our parable, who gives what they cannot keep to gain what they cannot lose. He or she is no fool who gives what they cannot keep to gain what they cannot lose. So my friends, as I read the words of Jesus for us this morning, go live large. And by that, I mean invest in those people that you love and who love you while you can. Because like the rich fool, none of us is promised tomorrow. None of us is promised a week from now. So let the people you love, let them know you love them. Let them know that while you can.